The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Did you get the Amber Alert today? The story behind the abduction of two sisters from McKinney still missing. The March for Life, celebrating the dismantling of the constitutional right to abortion half a century after that ruling that created it. Ahead, where both sides of the abortion debate are now focusing their attention. And the coolest day since Christmas as persistent cloud cover continues. When to expect some rain showers in first morning weather. And thanks so much for joining us here on KXAN. I'm Daniel Marine. I'm Avery Travis in for Britt Moreno. You may soon have to pay to park on South Congress. It's part of a bigger plan to overhaul parking and enforcement of the rules. KXAN's Brianna Hollis joins us live from South Congress with the plan and how people feel about it. Well, guys, people we spoke with like the idea of a smoother parking experience, but don't love the idea of having to pay for it. As we know, South Congress is a popular spot. Well, some businesses like this one have parking lots. This is really a rarity. So that means you're typically left to hunt for street parking. Some of the street parking has a two hour time limit, which the Austin Transportation Department says is difficult to enforce and contributes to the challenges. The store's been here for 22 years. That's 22 years of Primadora owner Alan Barnett hearing customers talk about parking on South Congress. They come in and they say this is the one place they know they can just pull up in front of the shop, jump out, and there's always going to be a parking space there. Whereas a lot on the street parking, I think a lot of people park there a long time, uh, sit there a long time. Of course, if it's paid, I don't know if they would sit there as long. The paid parking proposal is part of the South Congress Parking and Transportation Management District proposal, which the Austin Transportation Department presented to the Mobility Committee this week. The goal, make the parking process smoother and make the curbs more accessible to residents and businesses. The plan is still in its early stages, but proposes paid parking on the highlighted portions of this map. You'd pay for spots through an app. In the residential areas, you won't have to pay if you have a permit. You know, I think... Uh, the neighborhoods and, 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 and the residents there are looking for something that is consistent uh, as well as still maintains their quality of life there. Back at Primadora, Barnett is grateful he has a parking lot so he doesn't have to fight for his space on the street. So it's already tough to find parking and it's crowded here. The Austin Transportation Department hopes to bring the plan to the full city council in March. Daniel, Avery. All right, thank you so much, Brianna. And now to that Amber Alerts out of McKinney. Police are looking for these two sisters they believe are in grave danger. Jennifer and Jessica Burns are six and nine years old. Both of them have blonde hair and they wear glasses. Officials say their 60-year-old paternal grandmother, Jamie Burns, took them last night to a CeCe's Pizza during a supervised visit with their non-custodial father. We do know that the CPS worker called 911 last night. We also know that the dad was at the restaurant when our officers arrived. He was taken into custody. He is now in the Collin County Sheriff's uh, custody, jail. He's in jail now. His name is Justin Burns. His date of birth is 115 of 89. We do believe he was involved in this. And the father of those children, Justin Burns, is being held on kidnapping charges. McKinney police are now working with the FBI to bring the girls home safely. Sunday marks what would have been the 50th anniversary of the landmark abortions rights ruling Roe versus Wade. But in a historic move, the Supreme Court reversed the decision last June. As Bree Jackson reports, the battle now between both sides of the abortion debate continues, with the focus shifting from the Supreme Court to the U.S. Capitol and state capitals. Welcome to the 50th March 
for life. Thank you for coming. Abortion opponents rallying in Washington, D.C. for the annual March for Life. Gatherers say this year they are celebrating life and a major Supreme Court victory. It's the first event since the high court's conservative majority struck down Roe versus Wade. It's so wonderful to see so many young people out here, passionate, excited to march um, and really bring back this energy to their states. Even though the constitutional right to abortion ended, organizers tell me their fight continues. Our goal is to work for the day when abortion is unthinkable. Since the June ruling, 12 states are now enforcing near total bans on abortion, with a dozen more likely to pass similar laws. Others are pushing to protect abortion rights. Our job is to continue to draw the contrast, to essentially demonstrate what happens when you lose a federal protection? What happens when one state literally can hold you hostage? The Biden administration is also taking steps to expand access to reproductive health care nationwide, including the U.S. Food and Drug Administration allowing retail pharmacies to offer the abortion pill for the first time. Still, the White House says there's only so much it can do and is urging Congress to pass national legislation. Need to codify Roe. Sunday marks what would have been the 50th anniversary of the landmark decision, a decades-long battle still dividing Americans, but both sides now have a new strategy. We should be pushing forward, making sure that people understand that the power continues to be in their hands to uh, bring back these rights. The laws definitely matter, but what's even more important is changing hearts and minds. And clearly, in a post-Roe world, there's a lot of confusion. Passing any federal legislation aimed at restricting or expanding abortion rights faces an uphill battle in a divided Congress. In Washington, Bree Jackson for NBC News. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, if it seems like it hasn't been this cool in a while, you are not wrong. It was late December, Christmas Day, when we last had a high temperature this cool. 58, cooler than normal in a rare change of events. It's the clouds and the light northeast wind keeping the chilly air in place. 56 degrees right now with this persistent mid-level cloudiness. As promised, we haven't seen a lot of rain, but it is cool everywhere. 54 in Burnett and Georgetown, 53 in Rockdale. We still have some dry air underneath the clouds, which is making it hard for the rain to reach the ground. A little sun peeking out only in our northwestern hill country, but a few sprinkles possibly reaching the ground, especially out here on the Highway 77 corridor. Coming up in your first morning forecast, I'll show you when rain is a little more likely as we make your weekend plans, when to plan around it, when the sun comes back, and new tonight, a severe storm threat in our seven-day forecast. Uh, David, thank you very much. A lawsuit has been filed against the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services for placing foster children in juvenile detention centers. The agency says it ran out of other places for the kids to stay. When Janiah Kane was under the age of 18, she spent more than 150 days in juvenile detention, even though she had never been charged with a crime. It's not safe there. You don't know when somebody gonna hit you. You don't know what somebody thinking. Half the people in there don't have a good mind. Detaining children and youth in juvenile jails when they don't need to be there is cruel, unusual, and a violation of our Constitution and laws. And the lawsuit accuses the Illinois Department of Children and Family Services of creating the problem 10 years ago when it got rid of 500 residential and group home beds. In response to the lawsuit, the agency says it is working as quickly as possible to place youth in appropriate and safe settings while working to expand its capacity.
A federal judge has imposed nearly $1 million in sanctions against former President Donald Trump and one of his attorneys for filing frivolous lawsuits against Hillary Clinton and 18 others. The lawsuit filed claims that Clinton, the Democratic National Committee, and others conspired to orchestrate a false narrative that his 2016 presidential campaign was colluding with Russia. In a 46-page order, the judge wrote, quote, the case should have never been brought. It's inadequacy as a legal claim was evident from the start. No reasonable lawyer would have filed it, end quote. Well, many people choose organic, but how do you know you're getting what you pay for? Just ahead, the new rules to fight organic fraud. The presence of cartels at the Texas-Mexico border visible in the air. How they're using drones to smuggle goods and people. And it's a real Texas traffic jam. What it took like when these loose Longhorn were on the loose and what it took to get them back in their trailer. The owner of Daily Juice Cafe says it will close all four locations in Austin by the end of the week. The Westlake location is already closed. The owner blames rising food costs, labor costs, and rents. If you have any gift cards or points that you need to use, you just have until Sunday to use them at the other three locations. Well, you've seen the term organic at your grocery store. You've maybe even looked for it yourself for a healthy start to 2023. Now, the label certified organic is everywhere, but now in the biggest update to organic regulation since 1990, the Department of Agriculture is cracking down on what organic means. The new rules tighten laws requiring more checks on imported goods and more inspections overall. It's a move one longtime organic farmer says is critical. It's everything. It's consumer trust. It's we are organic in our kitchen. And I want the best for our families, for now our grandchildren, and it was for our children when they were growing up when we started Organic 22 years ago. It's so important. It's got to mean something. I don't want chemicals and pesticides in my grandbabies, nor do you, nor do yeah. consumers. That's why they're buying it. And ahead on NBC Nightly News, an expert on organic foods shares what this USDA action means for you. Unfortunately, these dark clouds not delivering the rain that we so desperately need. It's been two and a half weeks now since anything measurable has been detected at Camp Mabry. But that could change tomorrow morning, and it will change next week. Your forecast is coming up. This KXAN News podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Border Patrol says Mexican cartels are using drones to monitor agent movements along the southern border. As News Nation's Robert Sherman explains, this is just the latest way cartels and smugglers are har harnessing technology to avoid capture while crossing into the U.S. Human smuggling busts like this one happen every day along the U.S.-Mexico border. It's one of the biggest cash cows for the cartels. And now they're cranking up how they do business. Goes to show you how brave they are, how bold they are. They'll just fly a drone and on the U.S. side, actually scanning along the wall here. We tagged along exclusively with Texas DPS earlier this month when they spotted a drone operated by a cartel smuggler flying over U.S. soil. And this week, they caught one on camera, unabashedly buzzing right over top of their agents. 
organized crime have also recognized how they can use this technology such as drones to facilitate their uh, their profits in their drug trade. Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council, says this is happening all along the border. And he believes that right now the cartels have the upper hand using these drones to know where law enforcement is as they smuggle people and drugs across. They'll also use the drones to actually uh, fly into the United States land and they'll carry small um, packages with drugs. During our ride along, Texas DPS was called to a smuggling attempt. After they left, these four migrants were sent across in the exact spot the agents had just moved from, using all the activity to their advantage. It took nearly a dozen Border Patrol and DPS agents to make the apprehension. You see how sophisticated, you know, these criminals in Mexico, what they use and the technology they use to try to get people across. So they put a lot of effort into it, and you see the effort it takes from us on our side to try to apprehend these individuals. It's not just drones. Border Patrol says it's common to see cartel spotters on the U.S. side of the border, and there's not much they can do about it. They say the cartels know the laws and the system inside and out. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, new outlooks out from our friends at the NOAA Climate Prediction Center looking to the month of February, consistent with the ongoing La Nina pattern, which is weakening, by the way. They are thinking near normal or slightly warmer than normal conditions next month, and also consistent with La Nina, slightly drier than normal weather possible next month as well. Of course, if you've been here for the past two Februarys in a row, February does have the tendency to throw us some surprises, even during a La Nina pattern, so stay with us through the end of winter. All right, live tonight in southeast Austin, we've certainly entered a cooler weather pattern, finally feeling a little more like a central Texas winter. 55 degrees under a deck of overcast skies. Haven't seen much rain out there. The radar is showing a couple little sprinkles in Hayes and eastern Travis counties. A couple sprinkles more likely reaching the ground near Muldoon and LaGrange. Overall, the chance of rain is quite low and shouldn't impact your Friday night plans at all. Cedar count is down into the medium counts. Mold is up, though, and that is in the high concentration. You can see all the clouds and even some light sprinkles from here down to the coast. This is part of a storm system, the first of two heading our way from the desert southwest. This one clips us tomorrow. The next one, which I gave you a look at yesterday, blasts into Texas early next week. This one, you can tell it is big. It is more impressive. Wait until you see the rainfall totals that we're now hoping for on Tuesday. Let's talk about tonight, though. First things first, cloudy skies that will hold hold through the evening on your high resolution forecast. But with that said, you don't see a lot of green on the map. That means not much rain in the forecast. Only a 10% chance of literally a couple drops of rain quickly and that's it. Not enough to wet the roads even. Tomorrow morning though, it could be a different story. The atmosphere moistens up a little bit, leading to an expansion of some very light sprinkles on the radar. A little misty weather possible. It could wet the car, wet the front road and driveway just for the first part of your Saturday. Now, a clearing line starts to work through the hill country by midday tomorrow. It takes a while to get to Austin and our eastern counties, but finally, a little sunshine returning before sunset tomorrow evening in the metro. Clouds take until later tomorrow evening to clear our eastern counties. Only a few drops in the bucket from this little chance of showers tomorrow. Then the weather turns gorgeous on Sunday and into Monday.
between the storms. Here we are on Monday midday. Let's check out the next western storm, the bigger one that I just showed you. This one is on a collision course with central Texas, a much different path than any other storm so far early this year. Here's the latest expectation. Light rain starts to develop locally early Tuesday morning. Then, especially for the first half of your day Tuesday, widespread rain, thunderstorms, and now even strong to severe thunderstorms looking possible locally. After that, Tuesday afternoon, this starts to clear out out of the area on the back side of it. We talked about this yesterday. See those pink and blue colors up in North Texas. It is possible that we see a quick sleep pellet or two, mainly in the northern hill country. Wouldn't stick, wouldn't accumulate, but it could be something cool for you to see on Tuesday evening. Here's what's even cooler for us to see. Rainfall totals now expected to be about an inch area-wide next week. This is model number one with some higher amounts possible. Model number two pretty much in line with that. So we'll keep you advised as this draws near. This, though, is pretty sure to be the heaviest, most widespread rain we've seen so far this month. Tonight, overcast with nothing more than a few sprinkles, 46 by morning. Tomorrow, it's cool and cloudy much of the day. Then, with a little late afternoon sun, we may get up to 62. After that, look at Sunday. Gorgeous to be outside at 66. Nice day again early next week. We are now going to label a severe weather threat with a 90% chance of rain on Tuesday. Windy and colder sunshine behind it with several mornings in the 30s. Longhorns on the loose. Just ahead, the Cowboys in the right place at the right time for a roundup on a busy Texas highway. A lazy Sunday afternoon turned into a day of full-blown action in Midlothian over the weekend. Two men say on their way to watch football, they saw something even more exciting, some real longhorns on the loose. That's a Texas story if I've ever heard <laughs> one. Brittany Johnson has more for us. So I got county coming out. I don't know how we're going to do it, honestly. Many Texans are used to seeing longhorns grazed on ranch land along highways, but... It is not every day Longhorns shut down a busy highway. Right in front of the police station, we seen two Longhorns on the road. Damian Rich and Jalen Johnson, who does rodeos, just happened to be at the right place at the right time on Sunday afternoon. We started seeing traffic, like, what's going on? And we looked, and I'm like, Damian, we got to pull over. Let's go help him. It all started when the back doors on a cattle trailer opened unexpectedly. Johnson and Rich saw officers and animal services struggling to get the Longhorns to safety. Body cam footage from police shows officers even fired a taser, not at the bulls, but to mimic the clicking sound ranchers use to herd cattle. And at one point, one firefighter was just too close for comfort for this bull. Because the worst case scenario was jumping over the median, going into opposite traffic. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they called in backup from the Cowboy Church of Ellis County, where Johnson works. They brought horses and a trailer, and Johnson and the guys did what they do best. They were able to safely get the injured bulls into the trailer. It took five hours. It was just a straightforward deal, and everybody was laughing and having fun. And like we said, we, we met new people in Milotian that we wouldn't have met unless, you know, getting bulls off the side of the highway. Only in Texas, right? All right, well, we have no reruns tonight on KXAN. At 7, it's Lopez versus Lopez, and then Young Rock at 8 o'clock, and then an all-new Dateline NBC, The Bad Man.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.